Good afternoon, Jordan Lewis from the Capital City on KINY. Here is an update on the night of preliminary election results for Juneau. 18.7% of the votes have been counted. The candidates currently leading for the area-wide assembly seats are Paul R. Kelly and Ella Atkinson. For Assembly District 1, Alicia Huskandes is currently in the lead. For Assembly District 2, Christine Wall is currently in the lead. And for the school board that has two open seats, David H. Noon and Brittany Chioni Haywood are in the lead for that. For the City Hall proposition, the vote is leaning towards no. These are unofficial preliminary results, and the next update will be provided this Friday. Two U.S. Army soldiers were killed and 12 others injured after a military transport vehicle flipped on a dirt road, leading to a training area in Alaska, according to officials. The single vehicle accident happened Monday as the soldiers headed to the Yukon training area near Salcha, about 30 miles southeast of Fairbanks, the 11th Airborne Division said in a statement late Monday. Army spokesperson John Pennell told the Associated Press on Tuesday that the driver lost control of the vehicle on a dirt road going into the training area, causing the large transport vehicle to flip. There were 17 soldiers in the vehicle at the time. First responders extracted soldiers from the vehicle and provided on-scene treatment. The 12 injured soldiers were taken by ground ambulances and air to Fairbanks Memorial Hospital. Of those, the two with the most severe injuries were taken in air ambulances to Providence Alaska Medical Center in Anchorage, according to Pinnell. Their conditions were not immediately available on Tuesday. Pinnell went on to say, we're a real tight-knit group in the military, so right now, the entire 11th Airborne Division is grieving and preparing to provide whatever support is necessary for the families of the deceased and to help support those who are still in the hospital in dealing with their injuries. The Army will investigate the cause. Because there were deaths involved, Pinnell said the Army Combat Readiness Center in Alabama will also send an investigatory team. The names of the two soldiers killed will be released 24 hours after relatives are notified. It's the second deadly episode involving Alaska-based soldiers this year. In April, three soldiers were killed when two military helicopters collided while en route to Fort Wainwright near Fairbanks from a training mission. Senator Jesse Keel joined Action Line yesterday. He helped debunk a recent Facebook rumor about the Alaska Marine Highway closing its Prince Rupert Terminal. But yes, there's no such thing as a safety of life at sea license. The Kennecott didn't have a license to lose. It meets the standards, so it can sail across international waters and cross the big ocean, uh, and so that's not a problem. Um, Legislators are also working to provide options to the southern end of the ferry system. We do have trouble with the Matanuska. We need to get her fixed. Um, you know, the, the uh, surplusing out the Malaspina and just letting her, letting her go uh, was not a great choice. It was, uh, we're going to be short on vessels as we start building mainliner replacements in the next few years. Matanuska's got to run till then so we can actually make that Bellingham to uh, Skagway run with all the stops in between. Keel also talked a bit about housing. There's a number of things going on. You know, the state has a fairly limited role, but that doesn't mean we're not pushing everywhere we can. So some of the some of the work we do, uh, especially with the Alaska Housing Finance Corporation, some of the work we do with uh, some of the special needs programs, right? It's, those are bigger in more remote areas of Alaska, rural teacher housing, rural trooper housing, uh, rural nurse housing. Um, those things help to improve some of the services and some of the, the options available in our, our tiniest communities, especially off the road system, off the marine highway system. Uh, here, here in Juneau, of course, we focus on a number of things. AHFC, that Alaska Housing Finance Corporation, has access to capital that they can make available to developers. He also touches on why Southeast has been pushed to the side in the past when it comes to affordable housing. Long, long now out of the office, but a past head of the Alaska Housing Finance Corporation who said, 
People from Juneau come to me and they say, what can you do about affordable housing? I say, does a lot still cost 100,000 bucks in your town? There's nothing I can do. That's not an acceptable answer, right? We are surrounded by the Tongass National Forest. We cannot sprawl the way other places have. And, and those other places, of course, they can't maintain their infrastructure when they build, you know, one unit, an acre, and a road to service it, and a sewer line and a water line. And, well, 40 years out, when all those things need replacing, there's no money for that, right? Um, you, you have to build higher density than that to afford your infrastructure and maintain it. And a Dogs and Harbors board special meeting is happening today at 5 p.m. as a public hearing on the proposal to raise all applicable Dogs and Harbor rates by 9% effective January of next year. The meeting will be held in the assembly chambers and via Zoom. This public hearing follows a requisite 21-day public notice process, which was initiated on September 28th. This action is the result of multiple years of evaluation studies and public outreach. After the public hearing, the board will make motions and forward recommendations to the assembly for regulation adoption. The assembly will, most likely, take up this action at the October 23rd assembly meeting. Coming up, Chelsea Green and the Green Project joined Capital Chat to talk about their performance tonight at the Juno Jazz and Classics Festival. That story is next with Jazz Garrett. Good afternoon, Jazz Garrett from the Capital City on KINY. Chelsea Green and the Green Project joined Capital Chat to talk about their performance tonight for the Juno Jazz and Classics Festival. The concert takes place at the Jack at 7 p.m. Well, it's been quite a while now. Um, I can't believe it's been almost 15 years at this point that we've been working and recording and touring and, and doing growing the Green Project. And we're excited that the Green Project means a lot of different things. It means live performances, some audience engagement, but also education educational outreach, which we're also very excited to do as part of this festival as well. It's difficult to like pinpoint the genre. It's a little jazz, it's a little soul, a little R&B, a little classical, a little feel good. We just want to have everybody feel the energy and feel and, and feel the vibe. Green says they are also outreaching to the community while they're in Alaska from elementary schools to senior living. We are so excited to have developed several different iterations of educational programs that are that are performance based and they're very like it's a lot of audience engagement. They cross the ages there for musicians and non-musicians alike and we just really aim to tap into everyone's personal creativity because honestly that's what makes anyone successful in any business that they wish to pursue so we try to do that through the power of music executive director of juno jazz and classics sandy fortier says there are still tickets available yeah if you can't get your tickets online in time before we shut them down you can come to the door and we'll just sell you a ticket there we want everyone to come so we don't want you to have to log in online and get frustrated we'll get you in and they're also playing on friday at putting on the ritz elizabeth paradovich hall and green hopes to see you there for us the audience is part of our show like they are our additional band members so tonight we hope that you all come and sing along clap along if you feel so inclined to get up and move we love that Juno Poles is launching Little Swimmers, a new learn-to-swim program for preschool-age swimmers beginning October 21st. The program will use a non-traditional format to teach children ages 3 to 5 basic water skills with multiple instructors serving as learning stations for different skills throughout each class session. This format provides a streamlined learning process that allows the prioritization of skills not yet mastered. Children who pass Little Swimmers will have learned the same skills as traditional preschool level 1 students and be ready to enroll 
general and preschool level two lessons. Little Swimmers Session 1 will take place on Saturdays over seven weeks between October 21st and December 16th. Classes are available in three half-hour time slots, 10.30 a.m., 11.10 a.m., and 11.50 a.m. Each class has a maximum capacity of 16 swimmers for a total of 48 available spaces. Registration opens Thursday, October 12th at 12 p.m. Register online under the Juno Pools tab. The Central Council of the Clinket and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska has been awarded two critical tribal justice grants totaling nearly $1.5 million to be used by the Tribes Public Safety Division. These grants are part of the U.S. Department of Justice's Coordinated Tribal Assistance Solicitation Programs. Clinket and Haida received $900,000 to oversee the Tribal Access Program for National Crime Information and an additional nearly $600,000 for the Community-Oriented Policing Services Office Tribal Resource grant program. The tribe was designated as a TAP partner in 2019, a program that enables federally recognized tribes to access the National Crime Information Database for both criminal and non-criminal justice purposes. The recently acquired CTAS grant funding will enable Clinket and Haida to significantly enhance public safety through the Tribal Access Program. Once TAP is in place, their tribal law enforcement agencies will gain seamless access to essential federal crime databases, such as the National Crime Information Center, equipping the tribe with vital resources to assist in the protection of tribal citizens. TAP will also support their Human Resources Department in efficiently conducting comprehensive background checks for potential employees. Additionally, TAP supports emergency child placement and those who live at their non-congregate re-entry and recovery shelters. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jazz Garrett.